Happy Monday, football fans. You have found the Behind the Lines podcast for week number 14 in the NFL. My name is Steven Andrus, managing editor at thelines.com, joined each and every week on this show by Christian Cipollini, sports trader at BetMGM. In this episode, we'll look back at the week that was betting in week 13 in the NFL, the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We'll get you ready for Monday Night Football, let you know where the bets are right now at BetMGM. We'll also look ahead to the week 14 opening odds over at BetMGM with yet another big slate of games, some divisional matchups that are going to have uh, some big say on what the playoff picture is going to be in the next coming next few weeks here. So uh, first of all, Christian, welcome aboard again. Happy to have you, sir. Thanks again for having me. Of course, of course. So how was week 13 in the NFL? Was it finally a second winning week for the public or did you guys get another one? No, the book got another one, although kind of similar story to last week. Uh, it was it was a good week that ended up just being an okay week. Uh, Sunday night football that really kicked us around. Yeah, I'm assuming that the Cowboys were one of your biggest public wins, but let us know uh, what were some of the, the the biggest ones overall for you guys. Yeah, so that was the biggest. Public I'm sorry, the big biggest. Um, yeah, I, I, I misspoke, but yeah, obviously big favorite. Uh, public favorite. So yeah, I'm sorry. I misspoke there for a second, but biggest public wins for this week. Yeah. So that Cowboys Colts Sunday night game was, was the biggest one that we had, um, hmm. biggest loser that we had at the weekend. Um, it was actually looking okay for a bit there, but then the Cowboys poured it on and scored all those points at the end. So that, that knocked us around a few different ways for one, you know, we're super lopsided on the, the Cowboys action in the first place. So they cover, and then all these different touchdown scores hit, C.D. Lamb scoring the first touchdown was uh, one of our worst outcomes that we could have had. So hmm. it was pretty much all in all as bad as, bad as a uh, Sunday night as we could have gotten. Um, but for the main slate of games, um, we did have a couple other public wins, one being uh, the Vikings, Vikings-Jets game, um, along with the Lions and Jaguars as well. Don't get me started on the Vikings, Christian. It's Monday morning, man. Like I, I went like 10 rounds with Matt Brown on this on the Megapod and over the weekend. And then the, the and then the game plays out like that with a ridiculously lopsided yards per play and one for six in the red zone for the Jets. Like I'm going to need another cup of coffee before we get into this again with the Minnesota Vikings. But I, I, I am not shocked at all that that was a public side, to say the least. So I guess the minus three was attractive to everybody with the record that the Vikings have uh, overall here. And they just completely ignored the advanced metrics on Minnesota. Yeah, and, and unfortunately it worked out for them there because that was definitely uh, one of the better public wins. Another another heartbreaker, though, that we had a, a public win was uh, the Commanders-Giants game. But if you had that uh, over, that was tough. That under or that over <laughs> closed at 40 and a half and ended up finishing on a flat 40 with no points in overtime. So tough one there. Well, if you were reading our lead writer, Eli Hershkovich, that was only one of two bets he had on the week was the under 40 and a half. And our discord was jumping up and down and, and you know, running around in circles saying like, oh, my God, I can't believe this under hit was zero points at overtime. But here, hey, there's always a chance, right? It's only 10 minutes. It's only, you know, two and a half, three and a half possessions in that period. And. It's a lot harder to score here if you don't score on the first possession in overtime. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> how about the uh, how about the flip side here? How about some of the biggest public losses in Week 13? Yeah, the Chiefs Bengals game was maybe our. I'd have to go back and look, but maybe our biggest winner of a non standalone game that we've had this season. Um, that was that one was a massive one for us. We were pretty lopsided on the Chiefs there. Um, and another winner that we had was uh, Dolphins 49ers. That was one of our winners. And Broncos Ravens was another good one for the book. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, with the Mahomes-Andy Reid era, it doesn't seem to matter whether you put them home or away. If you're going to give us a number under a field goal, that's going to be attractive to not only the Sharps, but the public as well. Although I, I think there was a lot of early sharp money on the Bengals moving that off of three. Yeah. Um, but for the public in particular, I mean, it's it's hard to ignore the Chiefs under three there. And uh, obviously a Travis Kelsey fumble, the difference in that game. And the Bengals are moving up our, our power rankings this week at the lines.com. We always do them each week for only that week in that context. We don't look at futures. It's just, if we were going to try and put two teams on a neutral field for this week, who would we have favored? And I think we have now moved the Bengals up to either fourth or fifth, depending on who you ask on our staff. So, um, they all they do is continue to win here. It looks like the division race is not out of the picture for them after the Ravens were like minus 500 to win the AFC North a couple weeks ago. And now Lamar Jackson is hurt. So uh, everything on the table for the Bengals moving forward at this point after they got to the Super Bowl a year ago. And it seems that offensive line is now gelling. So um, I assume the Bengals are pretty high in your guys power rankings at this point, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're they're right up there to win the AFC. Uh, they're they're our third favorite, so definitely have jumped yeah. up in the rankings. Bills now the favorite again. Now that they have control of the one seed. Yeah, Bills. Bills staying still hang on as the favorite in the AFC, um, just slightly over the Chiefs, and then after that, Bengals come up next, and then Dolphins, Ravens, kind of similar after that. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously in that market with winning the conference, ha whoever has the one seed has a, has a big advantage right. there, not having to play the extra playoff game. And, and now the Bills have retaken control of that after the Chiefs lost. So it was the Chiefs who were the favorite uh, last week after the Bills had lost a couple of games. But that's going to flip-flop depending on who the favorite is to get the one seed moving forward. So interesting market movement there, but and certainly notable that you now guys have the Bengals as the third choice. Okay, before we get into week 14 opening odds at BetMGM, let's take a look at Monday Night Football. Let us know where kind of the, the money is here, where the spread is, where the total is heading into the final game of week 13. Yeah, so this one won't hurt us too, too much either way. We're, we're lopsided still a bit on the Buccaneers, about 60, 65% of our money. Um, but it shouldn't shouldn't kill us too, too, uh, too much either way. Um, I don't imagine this being one of our higher handle Monday Night Football games of the season. Um, but it's still getting okay action. For sure. You spread still at three and a half there, I believe. It hasn't really moved we're, all week, has it? We're at three, actually, for the Bucks. You are okay. Little, so, yeah. so some Saints money has come in on on the Saints there with the hook. So down to three now. Um, yeah, if if I had to look into my crystal ball here, I imagine this is another one of those classic Saints Bucks low scoring games, and you guys are going to be pretty happy from an anytime touchdown market <laughs> situation. But hey, we'll we'll see how it plays out here uh, on Monday Night Football. Okay, That's week 14 for, for sure, opening but... odds. Sorry, Christian, what was yeah. that? 
No problem. I just said, yeah, that's what we're rooting for. A, a nice low scoring, uh, you know, keep it close game. <laughs> well, if you got two teams to do it, it seems these two teams know each other very well from a, a game planning standpoint on the offensive side. So we'll we'll see how it plays out and uh, see if, if Brady and the Bucks do actually have some momentum here if it, the offense stalls again. Um, week 14 opening odds at Bet MGM. Another big slate of games here. Thursday night, a ton of one o'clock games. Uh, the four o'clock window is down to three games for NFL Red Zone. But we'll start with the Thursday night game. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams. The Raiders getting hot here a little bit. Offense looks good. Ever since Derek Carr had a nice cry on the postgame press conference, they've won three in a row. They're outgaining teams significantly in yards per play. And I'm not surprised by the line you have here, Christian. Yeah, I was going to say the line uh, definitely reflects that is the Raiders are six point favorites on the road here with a 44 and a half point total. And I assume like one of the more fun things I've been doing all season is kind of looking at the Rams opening odds from way back in the (laughs) summer to what they are now. And it, I mean, there's some massive move. I think there were the difference between the the summer line when they played the Seahawks last week to what they are, what they were going into that was like a 16, 17 point move. <laughs> and I, I mean, this is another massive move as well here. I mean, you you guys have moved the Rams basically to the bottom of the barrel at this point, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, especially with Stafford out uh, the, and the way they played they uh, are deserving to be at that uh, bottom of the, of the standings here. But yeah, I'd imagine this, this was probably three or three or points or so for the Rams uh, preseason. And now I just found it Rams minus four. So yeah. 10 yeah. point move here yeah, from the crazy. summer opener. Yeah, you don't see that very often, do you? No, no, you don't. I mean, I, Rams are setting all kinds of records for, uh, you know, team that wins the Super Bowl and then has a just abysmal next season. So, for sure, for sure. Okay, so let us uh, move forward here to the one o'clock openers over at Bet MGM. What are we looking at? Jets at Bills. Bills are nine and a half point favorites. Total is forty four. Browns at Bengals. Bengals are five and a half point favorites. That total is forty eight and a half. Texans at Cowboys, our biggest spread of the week. Uh, Cowboys are 17-point favorites at home, and that total is 45. Vikings at the Lions. Vikings are one-point favorites on the road. Uh, it's actually it's actually closer to a pick now. We're, we're moving to a pick um, and that total is 53. Jags-Titans. Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. That total is 41-and-a-half. Eagles at the Giants. Eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road with a 45 and a half point total. Last of the one o'clocks, Ravens at Steelers. Steelers are two and a half point favorites here with that some uh, QB uncertainty. And that total is the lowest of the week, 37 and a half. All right. So a couple of notes here on these games. I did bet the look ahead on the New York Jets at plus nine and a half, but I would be lying if I said I was comfortable with the spot with the Bills here. The Bills had some wacky schedule stuff going on here. They have the blizzard. They go to Detroit to play back-to-back games on the road. Then they come back, play another Thursday game against the New England Patriots. Now they get 10 days, kind of get to reset, 
have a home game against what was a preseason third string quarterback. Although Mike White is at least, I think, in my opinion, look league average. I don't like the spot here for the Jets going on the road again for another week after a heartbreaker in Minnesota, but it just seems nine and a half is a lot here. So admittedly, I'm not as comfortable with it as I was last week because I'm not a big spot consideration type of handicapper. But um, yeah, this is this is setting up pretty nice for the Bills. I don't know if they win by double digits. And Josh Allen has been among the league leaders in turnovers and turnover-worthy plays. It, not, it has not been as crisp as it's been in past years. But hey, I, I'm a big believer in this Jets defense. I think Mike White at least makes this offense league average. They have great weapons on the outside in Garrett Wilson, uh, if they can get Elijah Moore going maybe here. So I'll take the points here, nine and a half, and see what happens. The other notable game here, Christian, I think, is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. And listen, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm not going to give any more opinions. Everybody knows how I feel about the Minnesota Vikings, even though they still keep having the coin flip go their way in these fourth quarters. This line was three on the look ahead. And you're at one now, correct? The pick them, the pick them, basically. Pick them. That that says a lot about what the market thinks of the Minnesota Vikings and what you guys think of the Minnesota Vikings, does it not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think maybe if you think back to that Steelers team uh, from I think 2020, where they were 11 and one or something like that. But I, I mean, I can't think of many other times where a, a team with two losses this deep into the season is a pick 'em against a team you know a few games under 500. Um, it, it definitely says a lot about how they're perceived throughout the league. I think they're definitely perceived as probably the worst 10 and two team uh, out there. For sure. And listen, our, our lead writer, Eli Hershkovich, if you were in our discord, you saw that he bet the lions yesterday on Sunday at plus two over at bet MGM and can't say I blame him. To be honest with you, I might be joining him later in the week here, but it seems like I better hop on it sooner. I'm going to get the worst of the number on the Lions. The Lions have won four of five. They held the Packers to nine points. That was probably a fluky win, to be honest with you, but they scored 31 on Chicago. They dismantle the New York Giants on the road, 31 to 18. They dismantle the Jacksonville Jaguars, 40 to 14. And they almost upset the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. They only lose that game on a late field goal by three points. So the Lions are, you know, in my power rankings this week, an above average team. Now, you might think I'm crazy if you look at their record, they're five and seven. How can you make them an above average team? Well, we do them week to week. We're not doing for the full season. We're not looking at Super Bowl futures. We're only looking for this week. And if this line is a pick them, then they are not very far behind the Minnesota Vikings. So that, by definition, to me, has to put them around league average at worst at this point in the Detroit line. So that's that's really interesting to me. The other one o'clock game here that I bet on the look ahead was the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got it at plus four. Uh, it's at three and a half now. The Titans are starting to show the red flags that we all thought might pop up here. Now, back-to-back games against the Bengals and the Eagles, and they've had struggled offensively to move the ball. That might not be the case here against Jacksonville and their defense, but I think three and a half here, I think anything more than three is too much here for Jacksonville. So um, <clears throat> happy to see the market moving my way on this one after I bet it at four on the look-ahead line. 
Also bet the Eagles five and a half on the look ahead line. This is now six and a half. I just think the Giants don't have the manpower to, to compete with the Eagles at this point. I think this is a complete talent mismatch um, between these two teams here. Don't care that the Giants are the home team in this one. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Okay, Christian, let's look ahead to the late window games here. We have three of them for week 14. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites on the road. Totals 42 and a half. Bucks at the 49ers. 49ers are three point favorites. 37 and a half point total. Last of the four o'clocks. Panthers at Seahawks. Seahawks are four and a half point favorites at home with a 43 point total. What are you guys doing with the Broncos at this point? Because like they're <laughs> it's it's literally opposite ends of the spectrum with their offense and their defense, right? They're really really yeah. good on defense. They're really like near near Texans bad on defense. I mean, I'm sorry, on offense. On offense. Uh, especially with the red zone stuff. So, I mean, is this a bottom 5 team with the way you guys are lining them? Or, how do you guys deal with a situation? Because I feel like most of our power ratings and rankings at this point in the NFL are so offensively slanted with the way the rules are in the league and et cetera. But <clears throat> this team couldn't be the complete, couldn't be more of the opposite of that. Yeah, it's crazy to watch. What I'll tell you is going to happen this week is we're just only going to take Chiefs money all week because that's what's yeah. been happening over the last few weeks is no one wants to bet on this offense. And I'm sure we'll take a lot of under bets, too, although maybe the Chiefs Chiefs kind of scare people off of that number a bit. But, yeah, I mean, the offense just goes nowhere. I think they would be like a few games over 500 if they scored 16 points in every game, something like that. It's It's just crazy that every week – they give up no points and they score even less. It's yeah, they're definitely as we have them rated as a, a bottom five team currently. Before we wrap up with the primetime games, I have to ask you about the San Francisco 49ers. First of all, remind me again what you have this line at against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously before the Bucks play on Monday night. So that's the caveat. Um, and then I have a follow up question for you. Uh, right now they're at 49ers minus three at home. Okay. So, that's got to be at least a few point down. I think this was six and a half on the look ahead before the Jimmy G injury. Is that is that fair? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think I'm pr- I'm almost positive that's what it was. So around a three three and a half point move for losing Jimmy G, who obviously I think most people think is a league average quarterback. Right? Not not elite, but not terrible. A good fit for the offense. So where are the 49ers now? in your NFC futures picture after we had a discussion last week about them being probably the top power rated team in the NFC. And the only reason you didn't have them as the favorite in futures is because of that one seed playoff by situation for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah. So last week in the past couple weeks, uh, the Eagles and the 49ers have been kind of neck and neck uh, with a slight edge to the uh, Eagles there. Um, but but now with that injury, they've dropped. So now the Eagles are plus 185. The 49ers have dropped to the third favorite at plus 450 with the Cowboys now at plus 300. Uh, the silver lining, I guess, for the 49ers, in the outright, they were plus 700 now to plus 1,100. Um, I'd say, you know, the way that we have them rated is it's a great team, offense, defense, coaching, kind of everything, and the one missing piece is kind of quarterback. Um, so it, it – you know, maybe, maybe this, you know, Brock Purdy can, uh, can help bring him back here, but it's maybe he's Tom Brady, but it's probably not like, (laughs) it's probably not likely, right? No, no, but it's not as as significant of a drop off. If another team were to have lost their quarterback, because, you know, there was plenty of question marks around Jimmy G in the first place, although he's much more of a solid, you know, won't lose you game, but maybe won't win you the game. Um, as, as that's now gone, but, as compared to another team, you know, if the Eagles had lost Jalen Hurts, that's going to have a much bigger impact than it, the 49ers would have had here. I'm going to have to do some digging on this because I am a believer that it's more of the scheme and the system than it is Jimmy Garoppolo. But you also have to know how to execute it. You don't need to have the yeah. arm talent. You don't need to have a Josh Allen arm to execute it. But you also need to know what to do and be able to improvise here and there. That's where it becomes an issue with Brock Purdy. And – if this line moves off the three and we get some bucks money and moves the two and a half, maybe they look good on Monday night. I'm going to be tempted to back the Niners here because I think this defense is the best in the league. I mean, they are just wrecking teams that have offensive line issues and the bucks still have offensive line issues, even though Brady's getting rid of the ball. So with that being said, I know because I've researched it that despite everybody claiming that it's the system and not Jimmy Garoppolo, we have a pretty decent sample size in the Kyle Shanahan era of what this quarterback has done when it hasn't been Jimmy Garoppolo and it hasn't been pretty. So, you know, the CJ Bethards and the Nick Mullins of the world, it didn't go well when those guys were a quarterback. It didn't really go well when Trey Lance was a quarterback. So this is a difficult spot for me to try to assign proper value to Jimmy Garoppolo, but um, the rest of the team is just elite. So, it's going to be one of the best discussions we have on the Megapod this week. We invite everybody to tune in on Friday and hear it. It's going to be awesome to figure out what to do with the 49ers now on a weekly standpoint and also a future standpoint as well. All right, Christian, as we wrap up here, Sunday night football and Monday night football. Yeah, I think I'll just back to that real quick. I think this week will be sure. a big measuring stick point for them too, as to how they, they handle this Bucks defense with, Purdy as a quarterback. Um, I think they there'll be a much bigger fluctuation depending on what goes on from next week as opposed to now where we sit this week. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But on, yeah. That's interesting, Christian, because you make a great point there. And I think you see it in our staff power rankings as we, we just kind of put these together Monday morning here. And all of our staff haven't weighed in on that opinion. But for the most part, we all still have the 49ers as like I think number the numbers. Yeah, the number six team basically across the board right now. One of us even has a number five. So we haven't really downgraded the Niners much at all. We had them at four, but basically still in this top tier of of just outside the Chiefs and the and the and the Bills. And in that same group with the Eagles, Cowboys and Bengals. 
none of us really wanted to put them behind the Dolphins after what they just did to the Dolphins, and the Ravens lost their quarterback. And we most of us think the Vikings are fraudulent. Um, so yeah, I right now I think a lot of us are still believing in the 49ers, at least in that context. But if they don't look good against the Bucks, I agree with you. They're gonna drop pretty significantly here. Yeah. All right, prime time. Dolphins at Chargers. Dolphins are three-point favorites on the road here. Totals 52 and a half. And Monday night, Patriots at Cardinals. Patriots are one and a half point favorites with a 43-point total. I think maybe a decent bounce spots bounce back spot here for the Miami Dolphins. They uh they got wrecked by an elite defensive line. They're missing both of their tackles. If they get both their tackles back here, I might be interested in backing Miami here, although the, the Chargers will be playing for their season. This is a major playoff picture situation here with the <clears throat> with the Dolphins and the Chargers battling for a for a playoff spot. And I don't even know where to begin with the with these two offenses for Arizona and New England with all the <laughs> the coaching hatred going on there with their quarterbacks. So uh, we'll, we'll save that for the Megapod. Beat the Closing Line will be back on Tuesday with Nicole, Eli, and Mo. Stay tuned for that. The Megapod, as always, on Fridays. We're going to be having videos every day of the college bowl season, breaking down all of those. Um, my favorite part of the bowl season, all these crazy sponsors that they have. I think there's like a Tony the Tiger Bowl this year, so that should be fun. Uh, but as always, Christian, appreciate the insight. Thank you for hopping on. Fantastic insight in particular on the 49ers. That's that's going to be really fascinating to see how this plays out with a seventh-round rookie now <laughs> in this offense. And um, But thanks for watching, everybody. Best of luck with your bets in week number 14. This has been Behind the Closing Lines. For Christian Cipollini, I'm Steven Andres. We'll see you next time.